Our scripture today comes from Isaiah 25, 6 through 10. On this mountain, the Lord of heavenly forces will prepare for all peoples a rich feast, a feast of choice wines, of select foods rich in flavor, of choice wines well refined. He will swallow up on this mountain the veil that is veiling all peoples, the shroud enshrouding all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The Lord God will wipe tears from every face. He will remove his people's disgrace from off the whole earth, for the Lord has spoken. They will say on that day, Look, this is our God for whom we have waited, and he has saved us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let's be glad and rejoice in his salvation. The Lord's hand will indeed rest on this mountain. Moab will be trampled down as straw is trampled into manure. This is the word of the Lord. Will you please pray with me? Good and gracious God, we give thanks for your spirit that dwells in our lives and dwells in this place. And we pray that through that spirit, we will hear your word for us today. Amen. I spent most of my 20s living in Cairo, Egypt. And one of my favorite spots to hang out was this little cafe called Fishawi's. It was it's tucked away in a little alley at a spice market in a section of town that's a thousand years old. This Cafe Fishawi's opened in 1797, which would be one year before Napoleon Bonaparte invaded Egypt. And rumor has it that it hasn't closed since. During the day, it's a sort of like a tourist attraction, but around like 11 p.m., the tourists head back to their hotels, and Egyptians come and hang out all night long until the tourists return in the morning. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I used to uh, go there late at night with my friends to argue about Arab politics, drink tea, and smoke hookah. And, and on one such evening, we, you know, settled up our bill and went in search of a taxi. But when we wandered out into the main street, we encountered a crowd of people gathered in a circle. A distorted speaker blared these sort of intricate rhythms as a man stood in the middle and sang. All around him, people were dancing. Rather, they were praying. They were Sufis who spun and danced. In, in search of wajahad, or spiritual intoxication, the, the highest form of connection with God. And I think this was the only time that I saw Sufis dancing just like out in the street. And that was because this wasn't a normal day. This was a mulid. A mulid is a Sufi holiday uh, where people honor a saint as who's like a hero of their faith. And, and mulids are distinct to Islam. But when I first learned that 
mulads existed, I was surprised how similar that felt to Christianity. Because we also have saints that we remember on particular days of the year. Like, we remember, you know, we do the blessing of the animals on St. Francis's saint day. And it's not just Christians who uh, remember their spiritual ancestors. In addition to Sufis, ancestor veneration is, well, it's pretty much a part of every known culture throughout the history of time. In, well, oh, that's almost true. Um, most at all. For thousands of years, ancestor veneration has been central to the spirituality of the Puyallup tribe. And in Vietnam, birthdays aren't celebrated. Death days are, or death anniversaries, where people remember their loved ones that are no longer with them. And the ancient Gaelic Samhain festival honored ancestors, and, and they had this festival on the day halfway between the fall equinox and the winter solstice, which is actually today. All Saints Day began around 400 CE as a way to remember all the saints who made an impact on our lives. Not like the famous saints that everyone knows about, but the, our friends and family who brought holy moments into our lives. So that existed around the fourth century, but then in the eighth century, the church moved the date of All Saints Day to November 1st, the day of that Gaelic festival. The church then added a vigil on the night before where worshipers would prepare with fasting and prayer. This was called, well, it was called Hallow Mass was All Saints Day, so then the night before was Hallow's Eve. And on this day, Christians believed that the veil between the material world and the natural world thinned. In, or the, between the material world and the afterlife, rather, it thinned. And in order to prevent being recognized by a soul, people would wear masks or costumes to disguise their identity. And each, you, you can see how this then turned into Halloween. And each culture has its distinctive rites and spirituality that connect the living with those who've come before them. But there's a common spiritual thread in these rituals of remembering. It, it seems that something happens to us when we realize that the line between life and death is thin. Something happens to us when we pause and say aloud that those who we have loved are no longer with us on earth, yet they seem to be by our side every step of the way. That, that physical absence and spiritual presence rub against one another, and we create something beautiful where we're reminded that the world didn't start with us, that we are not alone as we walk through the world, and that we will not be lost after we die. If we slow down and think about it, we're reminded that spiritual beings have walked these lands and fished these waters longer than our collective memory can recall. Like, this, this place, it didn't, it didn't begin with us, and it doesn't belong to us. Even, actually, our faith doesn't belong to us. We inherited a rich spiritual tradition 
passed down through thousands of generations who shared their knowledge of God and Spirit. But it's not just memory. We're connected to the saints that come before us. At least the, the saints that I remember on All Saints Day are people who, who shaped me personally and spiritually. They're, they're folks who loved me, folks who I loved, and some folks who I never met, but whose spiritual wisdom lives on in me today. I have a spiritual connection with these folks that I can't completely wrap my mind around. I mean, maybe they're watching down on me from heaven, aware of my daily life, or maybe it's more like their spiritual presence dwells in my soul and continues to shape me. I don't, I'm not really sure, but that spiritual presence feels like a promise that we're not lost when we die. And, and I to sort of connect this to the Bible a little bit more directly, I think this is one of the things the Bible is describing when it refers to eternal life a life that is real and rich and spiritual and not confined by biological death. So we remember. We take one day out of our year to name the saints and give thanks to God that they live on in our lives. On, on this day, our reading comes from one of those spiritual ancestors, a man named Isaiah. He, he shared a vision of what eternal life looked like. He said it was like a feast of rich food, well-aged wine, and peace between all whose bodies fight one another in this life. His vision of God's future is a table that brings people together. And when I read that, it reminded me a little bit of that cafe in Cairo, for 300 years, there's been this feast that's continuous. People have come and people have gone, but the table has remained constant. And if we paid attention while seated at that table, we, we saw how it connected us. The, the European family on holiday, the, the young Egyptians arguing over the future of the Middle East, the, the group of folks from Korea on pilgrimage, and the generations of spice traders passing through the market. We all sat in the same place. We all breathed the same air, drank the same tea, smoked the same smoke. That This was a place and a meal that welcomed us. And, and sure, for some it was just a place to rest weary legs, but like most ordinary things in our lives, there was a spiritual reality waiting for us right below the surface. Those, those dirty alleys and rickety chairs offered a table that, that brought us together. It offered a connection with those who came before us. It offered a reminder that, that this life did not begin with us, that we are not alone as we walk through this world, and that we're not lost after we die. It offered us something very similar to what our table offers us this morning when we 
remember the saints in our lives. So this morning we are going to have a liturgy of remembering the saints. You, you got a ribbon in your bulletin and uh, hopefully a marker, and if you didn't, there are some in back. Um, I want to invite you to write a name on it. Name the, the saints who walk with you the ancestors at your table, the ones whose spiritual presence is deep within you. And, and a man is going to play some music and will give us a few minutes to write names and put ribbons on the baskets in the aisles. So after you write, there are baskets, three baskets there that you can just get up and drop them off. Then we'll read the names aloud, and they'll become a part of the banner that adorns our communion table. This table of saints and sinners, ancestors and generations yet to come. This place where heaven and earth meet, and Christ welcomes us all. So as we prepare to remember the saints in our lives, let us pray. Lord, we give thanks for all the saints who walked down the hallways of our lives. We give you thanks, God, for their hands lifted in prayer. Whether they were manicured hands or hands stained with grease and soil. Whether they were strong hands or hands gnarled with age. Lord, they were holy hands, and we thank you for them. We thank you for all the hardworking saints who left their mark on the earth for you, for us, and for our children to come. Lord, bless the memories of your saints, and may their presence be ever in our lives. Amen.